0: Gilbert Gottfried, this is Gilbert Gottfried's Amazing Colossal Podcast. I'm here with my co-host, Frank Santo Padre, and we're once again recording at Nutmeg Post with our engineer, Frank Fertorosa. Our guest this week is a popular and busy actor and writer with film credits, including The Flamingo Kid, Single White Female, Jeffrey, Dracula Dead and Loving It, Stephen King's The Shining, Leaving Las Vegas, and of course the cult favorite Sour Grapes with former podcast guest Craig Bierko. He's also appeared in dozens of hit TV shows like Will and Grace, Tales from the Crypt, Monk, Studio 60 on the Sunset Strip, Brothers and Sisters, The Mindy Project, Parenthood, two broke girls, and most notably as pilot Brian Hackett on the long-running series wings. And in his long-running career, he's worked with everyone from Mel Brooks to Leslie Nielsen to Mike Nichols to, most importantly, Gilbert Gottfried. Please welcome a funny and versatile performer and a man who claims that Charles Nelson Riley once spit <laughs> all over him while talking. <laughs> Our pal, Stephen Webber. Hello everyone. Thank yes. you, Stephen. Hello, everybody.
1: <laughs> yeah, Charles Nelson Riley spat uh, he spat over everybody.
0: Why was he spitting?
1: Uh, bits of desiccated sandwich and food, <laughs> anything he was drinking. I did, a, com- I did a, a cartoon with him called All Dogs Go to Heaven. He was oh. in it. And, um, uh, was Dom DeLuise De, uh, in that? Was, DeLuise? was Dom DeLuise? Berg
0: <laughs> Reynolds in that?
1: Well, uh, uh, he, I, he was in the uh, – wait a second. He was in, the, I guess, the original film. This was a TV mm. version of it. Then Charlie Sheen, I think, did the sequel to it. And then they did a – you know, a, a – a, uh, uh, a TV version of it, anyway, and so I did it, and uh, and yeah, uh, Dom DeLuise and I shared a a sound studio for a couple of years, and he was great. He was also another very kind of liquid spewing kind of a dude, but Charles Nelson Reilly. <laughs> <laughs> Oh no, Mrs. Muir was like a there's a reference a, a lawn sprinkler of a guy, very sweet. But you had to cover your drink if you were standing next to him. And I was at a party once with him, you know, just once. And, did he uh, Did
0: he ever make a pass at you?
1: He didn't. He didn't. I wasn't uh, I, I wasn't uh, his type. I guess I wasn't swarthy enough.
2: Oh, well, but, well, Butch Patrick told us he he chased him around the set of Lidsville. He <laughs> did,
0: yes. yes. Butch, Butch Patrick, Patrick Butch Eddie Patrick, Eddie Munster. Was his star. Star. Yes, I or know our, who he was. You know, know saying to our audience yeah. members, yeah. Butch Patrick, Butch oh, Patrick, God. Eddie Munster was was being chased by Charles Nelson <laughs> Riley for sexual uh, gratification. Yeah,
1: yeah, yeah. Of course. Well, what was
2: he
0: like? He
1: certainly was. Uh, he had lots of lubricant to offer. <laughs> God. Uh, that's what he was known for. I'm <laughs> <And> the lubricator. <laughs> uh, Del- Dom DeLuise was a sweet, fantastic guy who uh, was obviously very um, uh, accessible as a performer, very open. And, uh, of course, he had a foul mouth. You know, when you need yeah. all your... You're heroes, and you find out that they're usually, well, they're they're very human. And he was very human. I mean, he was kind of a mess physically. Uh, but he was very sweet, and, um, you know, and and endlessly hilarious. I mean, the outtakes for that cartoon are hours and hours and hours of him saying "hey your mother's ass" and all that <laughs> stuff which was fantastic But <laughs> he would read and fuck up and it was great to be uh you know sitting in the room with him
0: and i heard he was constantly improvising stuff it was he
1: was never on the page yeah and, and so they kind of they more or less wrote around him or, or edited around him, and uh, and they let him do all his thing. And, and and not everything was improvised for comedy purposes. He just rewrote
0: it himself. He had that license, I guess.
2: Funny guy. Remember think of think Very of him funny. in the end of with Burt oh, Reynolds, that's right. that's and right. also of course Blazing Saddles. Course.
0: I had heard yeah. a story that Mel Brooks. One time hired uh, Dom DeLuise for a movie, and he said to them, well, like, give him a week to film this. And they said, this scene will only take about an hour or so. And he goes, well, Dom. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, that's right. Well, he was also in the movie The Twelve Chairs, which is, oh, to me, yeah. 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 one of the unsung
1: yeah. Brooks movies. Frank Langella. Frank Langella, yeah. Ron Moody. Ron Moody. And it is hilarious. Yeah, it's funny. You know, I got to say, look, Mel Brooks is great. There's nobody like him. I, I and I, I'm so privileged to have known him. And I, and I, I, I actually brought my kids to meet him. I want to say about seven months ago. Brought them into Uncle Mel's office, right? And they were enthralled because they're getting their they're getting their Jewish uh, education through Mel Brooks, essentially. You know, just through listening to his records and seeing his movies and all that stuff. And not all of his movies have been. <laughs> Have been so good, you know, and uh, but but his early ones to me are are fantastic. They are great. great. We you were in two. I did one. I did Dracula, Dead and Loving It, yeah, and then I did The Producers on Broadway. So I worked yeah. with him through that, and that's where we really got kind of close. Um, and uh, him him and Anne Bancroft became pretty good friends. And uh, again, just the idea that you're working with and knowing people that you grew up idolizing is is interesting and you see that he's a three-dimensional being and he's an interesting cat to have to to have to wear the uh, kind of a the burden of being the funniest man on earth for 70 years must be taxing. Pressure. Well, you know what it no, is oh. like, you know. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, Gil, <laughs> I'm still the funniest waiting. man in the in, the, in the, the
0: northeast. Yes. I'm the funniest guy uh in the elevator coming <laughs> up here. Um What did you think of Dracula dead and loving it? Uh, The truth is that uh, at the time,
1: uh, I know I was hopeful that it would be a companion piece to uh, Young Frankenstein. Mm. Uh, But what I found out was that that wasn't the case because a lot of the writing, as well-meaning and uh, as occasionally amusing it was, it didn't have the same kind of – uh you know comic complexity or oomph or whatever you want to call it that that uh, young frankenstein had what it didn't have essentially was gene wilder yeah. right i mean Who wrote the Wild- original that's right
2: that's right for young frankenstein
1: and and uh but you know we had good good writers arguably and uh, but it became more of like a mad magazine version of uh, of the story and ultimately um uh you know it was not well received it it works much better on the small screen than it did in theaters. Uh, it's a film that kids like. I mean, my kids love that movie, and and there's some funny scenes in it. Well, That's good, good performances. Good I performances. I got to work yeah. with Harvey Corman, and actually, I had I had something amazing happening. And this is I'm I'm, I'm patting myself on the back for this. Um, AFI did a tribute to Mel uh, last year, eighteen months ago, something like that. Maybe two years ago. And I brought my kids and, um, it was in Hollywood and I mean, everybody was at this function and, uh, and, and everybody gave testimonies and, uh, I mean, uh, Gene Wilder was on film because he's, he, and he, he, uh, he's fairly old and, and he can't travel that much, but everybody was there. Cloris Leachman, I mean, it was, it was crazy and, um. And there was a filmed tribute where he was talking and asked after an evening of showing all these amazing scenes from Blazing Saddles and, uh, of course, Young Frankenstein, everything, what the funniest scene in all his movies were – was. And he said, it's a scene with Stephen Weber, uh, stakes the vampire and blood comes out and I'm sitting there with my kids and I thought I was dreaming. And they showed a sequence. And yeah, I even looked around for a second and saw all these – Hallowed performers saying who, what, huh? I mean, they couldn't. <laughs> it, it, you know, it wasn't the farting scene around the fire. It wasn't uh, you know, you name it. You know, oh, the, the scene with my blue blanket with the dream. Sure, no, it was sure. this reasonably obscure scene, and I, I was never so thrilled in my life. I mean, I, I put it down to him, uh, basically. Slowly slipping into senility, but I'll take it. <laughs> Have you asked him about it since? <laughs> no, no, no. I'm not even going to push it right, because right, right. he'll say, "No, nah, I think I lost my mind, or I was drunk, or something." He'll say something like that. But I, it was a great moment. And what was it like working with Harvey Corman? Harvey Corman was a hilarious, great, funny, uh, and deceptively intense uh, performer. And by by intense, I mean. He had great presence uh, as the character. Um, uh, who's he playing? I forgot. He's, he's playing uh, Amy Asbeck's father, I suppose. And uh, I forget his name, Doctor Seward. Doctor Seward. And um, he actually took his role very seriously. Um, for a, a guy who's m- mostly known as a as a uh, you know sketch comedy guy who's always breaking up, um, he was very grounded as an actor, which kind of surprised me. Uh, one of the failings of Dracula Dead and Loving It was that uh, most of his funny stuff was cut out. Most of his uh, most of the, the stuff that you would have associated with a guy like him was edited. Uh, and I don't know why. A lot of the funny was left out of that particular film. And ultimately, Leslie, Leslie Nielsen, who was a great performer. Uh, he's hilarious in his films. Uh, I don't think was the perfect match for it.
2: Um, he was... Excellent and funny, right? I mean, but you know, sort of the the, the star of, du jour of, of those kind of films. In at a that way, point.
1: in a way, and yeah. and I'm not sure he had whatever rhythms uh, were would have been better suited right. for this particular. Movie. I,
2: I love I love Mel Brooks and I love Gene Wilder, but I always thought that they were better together than when when Wilder made and you know the Adventures of yes. Sherlock Holmes, yes. the Smarter yeah, Brother yeah, that's has its right. moments, that's and right. the World's Greatest Lover, the Valentino one, and they they all have their moments, but there was something magical. There was a Leonard and McCartney yeah. dynamic to the two of them. Yeah. Yeah. And, yeah, yeah. and that the, just, and, you know, he wound up in Blazing Saddles replacing Gig Young. I mean, uh, that G- was an replacing accident. Replacing Gig Young. Yeah. That that's right. was an
1: accident. Wasn't Gig Young throwing things up?
0: Uh, was yeah. yeah. Was, yeah. I, think, I think he was having uh, DTs or Yeah.
1: yeah.
2: From, yeah. yeah. But
0: the Jeez. two of them just had a dynamic
2: and that, that wasn't the same when they were.
1: Yeah, it was interesting when they were on their own. Yeah, so much depends
0: on the on the circumstances. It was lightning and, in a bottle, I like. think so. And at one time, it was like Leslie Nielsen was like, "Well, you're doing a parody, so um, Leslie Nielsen, right?" Well, he was he was the bankable, I guess. Yeah, that's what was, I mean. He was the guy right. they would call yeah. upon
2: for that. For as soon as you said spoof,
0: yeah, right or wrong,
2: right? Because he did a fugitive spoof. Yeah, yeah, was, there oh, was, there that was <laughs> horrible. Were so many yeah, of them. Yeah, yeah. But I'd heard that
1: they originally were looking at, if uh, or considering Kelsey Grammer for Dracula, which
2: would have been interesting. Interesting, you know. Getting but, back to Corman, I mean, did yeah, you, you ever see him in like Lord Love a Duck? I mean, he did. He he had he did gave interesting performances. I played.
1: I, I we became friendly uh, after that movie and played poker several times uh-huh. uh, at this really uh, old hilarious poker game, which is still going on in in uh, in California. And uh, it's run by a guy named Norby Walters. Oh, that's
2: the one Robert Wool shows. shows. Yeah,
1: he told right. us about it. Yeah, it a lot of and 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 I was originally when I was younger, I was I was uh, approached by him to play in this game. He was always looking for new blood because all the people in this game are they're all on Pritikin, you know, they all munch lettuce. <laughs> yes. and, and you say I'm I'm going to be playing with uh, you know Charlie Durning and Harvey Corman. Everybody's so fucking old, you know, <laughs> it was oh. sad. But Harvey was hilarious and absolutely in his element with other other decrepit Jews and uh, <laughs> sitting around a table who no longer smoked or drank. It was, uh, you know, it was a little sad. But he was he was a great guy. And again, he told me that he had done a critically acclaimed Hamlet. I was going to ask you about that in in L.A. as a young man. Yeah, uh, imagine that. Yeah. Let's buy look. It's possible he was a tall guy, right? And uh, he was tall. So Hamlet, as we know, was tall.
2: Well, you look at a performance like H- Lamar, uh, Hedley Lamar, excuse me, Hedley, Hedley Lamar. Yeah. I can't believe That's I did Hedley. that. Yeah, yeah Hedley, Hedley. Hedley. Uh, in in Blazing Saddles, and it's a comedic performance. But it's if you look at it, it's a dramatic performance. He, I mean, he's so believable. He didn't play comedy straight. Yeah, yeah. Except
1: when he broke the fourth wall. No, he right. was hilarious. Right. You know, he 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 knew exactly what to do. Um, that's it. That's all I'll say on that. <laughs> <laughs>
2: he, he's come up on this show a couple of yeah. times, in, in, in and uh, unfortunately, an unflattering uh, role. Why? Which was when he when he un- had the misfortune of playing Bud Abbott. Oh, in the,
0: uh, oh, uh, the oh yeah. Oh, with, with, uh, with, with, uh, with Buddy uh, Hackett. Buddy yeah. Hackett. Yeah. yeah. Not not a not a good one. What do you want me to say about it? <laughs> <laughs> and, and in in uh, Dracula, Dead and Loving It, yeah. you worked again with your co-star from... Um, Amy yeah. Asbeck. Yeah, Amy Asbeck. Yeah.
1: Who uh, is another, to me, uh, she's not used enough. She's singularly hilarious. She would be great at punching up a show. She's uh, she's uh, uh, one of the funniest people I've ever met. She'd be great on this show.
2: Um, oh, we'll have her on.
0: Yeah, she worked with f- Gilbert. yeah. Well, I I did well, two problem child movies oh, with her okay. and also with Wings. both of you, you, right. you and Amy on That's Wings. Right. That's right. I did about three episodes. Yeah,
1: and she's a good friend and remained a good friend. You know, the funny thing was that after right after John Ritter died, we went in to record the um I guess the extra tracks that they have for Dracula Dead and Loving It, you know, the uh, I forget what you call it, but you you know, the, the not the guide track, but you yeah, where we comment on it, the commentary, mm-hmm. and we were, and, and she was still in a, in a, you know, a terrible state, and we went in and had a hilarious two hours of just kind of riffing and watching and, and remembering uh, the amazing times we had. It, the, the, first and foremost, as far as I'm concerned, it was the best time I ever had making a film because. We literally sat at Mel's feet while, while he and Harvey did shtick, and they did old kind of Yiddish Alka-Seltzer commercials. And they uh, <laughs> that apparently ran—I don't know on what station—and <laughs> it was it was phenomenal to see these guys, and you understood why they were as successful as they as they became because they really had the chops. You know, and then Ann Bancroft would hang out, and then uh, what's the name? Don Delauez would come by. Um, uh, uh, uh uh what's his name? Um Charlie Callis, you know, one of my, oh, my God. Charlie Callis. Callis would come by. And um and it was I was in
2: heaven, man. It of course.
1: was really heavenly. Especially
2: a kid in Queens who grew up listening to the Two Thousand Year Old Man albums. Uh,
1: it, listening to that and and uh, and seeing uh you know ten from your show of shows on my little VHS, my, my tape, where they had episodes from the old sure. Sid Caesar, sure. you know. Um it was it was uh it was fairly amazing. I taught And Bancroft to make a cricket sound, which goes on. Um, Well, that's crappy, but because I don't have enough, I don't have the Charles Nelson Riley amount of saliva. If he was here to talk to me, (laughs) it would collect in my mouth, and I'd be able to regurgitate it. But I mean, it was a great time. You know, it was a great time for me. Um, But again, we were acutely aware that this.
0: It wasn't going to be it so great. He you know? wasn't going to be the original producers, of no, Blazing no.
1: But it was. Uh, I mean, just just again, just to be in the presence of these guys was really good, and also to see Mel another side of Mel, which was the guy who's has an ego who can scream if something doesn't get done. You know, he wasn't the, the jocular kind of Yiddish, you know, genius. We, he was that, but also he could be a perfectionist. And he could, you know, order somebody around. And it was, again, edifying.
0: We will return to Gilbert Gottfried's Amazing Colossal Podcast after this. And now back to the show. Did did you, you got along with him as as a director, though. Yeah, I mean, I did anything he told me to
1: fucking do, you know. If and you, you told me to drink Charles Nelson Riley's saliva. I'd have done it. <laughs> By the gallon, I don't care how how <laughs> streamy it would have been.
2: I want to tell you that I saw Charles Nelson Riley's one man show in L.A. Really, and it was fantastic. He was, and it was about too. It was about four hours. of It went <laughs> on talking
0: about it,
1: about <laughs> directing opera. Oh, yeah, Julie <laughs> Hope
2: Lang. Uh, What was it? Uh, Julie,
1: <laughs> Julie Harris. Julie was, Harris yeah. and I. <laughs>
2: <laughs> yeah, uh, It was great. It went yeah. on endlessly, but it was uh, rewarding. Yeah.
0: And now, now, one thing. According to the introduction, at least they say it's a a cult favorite. <laughs> sour and that's, grapes. you're going sour there already. Sour huh? Sour grapes. Yeah. Yeah.
1: Well, sour grapes was another. <laughs> Another disappointment. Created
0: no. by Larry, Larry written David. by Larry David, and yeah. and directed and directed by, him. by Larry David. Yes, it was
1: actually one of the hotter scripts going around town. So I'm given understand. Uh, a lot of people were interested. Uh, names Steve Martin came up. Other other guys that were vying for this uh, because it was a. A fairly traditional buddy comedy that was was not unlike, I want to say, "Where's Papa" or, or that that type of genre of movie from the sixties and seventies. The fortune
2: cookie, a little the bit. The fortune cookie, exactly.
1: Yeah. And uh, and uh, fortunately, uh, he chose uh, Larry. Went for two. I mean, relative unknowns. Although we had worked Craig Bierko and myself, and we were thrilled, and it was hilarious. We thought a funny script. Um and we had a great time doing it. It was very funny. And again, something happened, not in the in the um execution of it, but uh afterwards it seemed that the studio had somehow abandoned the film. I think uh at the time uh not Lionsgate or, or I forget what the studio was, but they they went with another uh, film, and the film happened to be My Giant, uh, Billy Crystal. We all remember that movie. <laughs> oh, yeah, it's a classic uh, uh, My Giant. And um, and they, I, I feel like they sunk all their PR into that. Um, I think it also was uh, coming out at the same time that maybe the Seinfeld finale or something was happening. So suddenly Larry's attention was off the film, and we were a little left on our own. Um, it did not get critical uh reception that was very good of course it was invariably compared to seinfeld which is not a shock since he wrote it it was a very seinfeldian kind of a world and uh but it didn't diminish it at all and it has found uh, cult status on college campuses and, uh, you know, who knows, assisted living facilities. No, There's a lot but of funny stuff in it. It's Stephen. funny, yeah. man. It's
2: hilarious. You're both funny. And we Craig love Craig. We're 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 biased because we love Craig, but but you're both funny. funny. You're both funny. And it's the scene with, with Craig and, uh, and Philip Baker Hall when oh, he goes God. in to quit. That's right. It's quits.
1: fantastic. And it's real. It's vintage Larry David. But in very few Seinfeld episodes is Jerry seen sucking himself off. <laughs> and in Sour Grapes, you have the protagonist able to autophilate. And I guess this was what Larry had been just desperate to do because it was a Seinfeld type. Sh- but I, I've just got to get I've just got to get a guy sucking himself off. He wanted to break out of the TV. <laughs> he wanted to break out. This is what he'd been dying to do. This is why he got into show business. And Jack Burns turns up. <laughs> Jack, oh, Jack, all people. I mean, which used to convulse me. Uh, yeah, Jack Burns was in that. Oh God, what was he I, like?
2: I was a nightmare. Uh, no, he was great. Yeah, he we was great. we had Kelly Carlin on the show, and you know also Burns sweet. and Carlin. Back in the oh, day, that's they right. They were a duo, and we said to before Kelly, before Avery we, Shriver, yes, before Shri- Burns and Shriver, when we said to Kelly, we'd love to have Jack Burns on the show, and she says he doesn't do anything. He doesn't come out of the house. He doesn't. He doesn't come out of the house. Unfortunately, here's a problem.
1: You know, we we uh, we grew up watching these guys and li- listening to them, and they never changed. And then you realize it's forty years later, yeah, you know, and people
2: age that's the challenge of booking this show
1: oh everybody's dead that you like (laughs) oh yeah that's what i tell my kids a lot of that my my kids who we talked about liking black and white films and they love the marx brothers and oh la 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 la. every time we watch something they're now they now know the pattern they say wow this is
0: funny he's really funny is he dead yeah i say yeah "Yeah, he's dead okay (laughs) all right fine on on this show we'll book somebody and and will I don't know how many times it's happened where their manager or son calls up and goes, "Oh, uh, they died last night." <laughs> oh, it no, just happened. God. Well, no, yeah. not
2: that they died, but yeah. it just happened that somebody won't mention any names, but that somebody had to cancel because yeah. they weren't in, they weren't in top condition.
0: And Jack Carter actually did die. Really? Yeah, Jack yeah. Carter booked. Yeah, oh my God, he would have been a great one. He would have been a great one. I mean, I look, I
1: met a lot of these guys over the years uh, because my. Um, my, my father was, uh, an agent for comics and singers and my grandfather was an agent for comics and singers in the Catskills and the famous Willie Weber famous infamous, I think, but yeah, famous. Uh, he's in a couple of books. Yeah. He managed Gleason and Rickles. Yeah. And then for some reason, uh, let both of those guys go early on. Who knows why, or maybe they left them. It's been a kind of a, a, a mystery.
0: And did you ever have any dealings or meetings? with uh, Jackie Gleason and Don Rickles. <laughs> no. I
1: never did. I mean, they were both way before my time, but um, I finally got to see Rickles uh, s- several years ago. I'm friends with the 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 great John Stamos, who's got a <laughs> finger <laughs> he's got a fingers in many pies. <laughs> I just saw John a couple of weeks yeah, ago. I mean, he fucking knows everybody, right? We should
2: have him on too. he's, he's a good oh, storyteller. Yeah. forget it. Well, yeah. he's he and he loves
1: all the old entertainers too and he's kind of a Rickle's best pal for fuck's sake and we and and he and when i told him my history he said well you know don's going to be uh, doing a show in anaheim did you ever see him i said no and so he took me. I think Jack Klogman was there. I mean, it was ridiculous. It was <laughs> great. It was ridiculous. And, um, Gene Bayless was there. <laughs> Gene Bayless. No, well, not he wasn't there. Didn't Gene Bayless. My father met Gene Bayless. Gene Bayless. Yeah. And for those who don't know, Gene Bayless was a hilarious, hilarious. hilarious yes. comic. Hilarious comic. But not a big star, but one of these legends among other comics, right? Anyway, so I go to see, uh, Don Rickles. And he filled this arena, uh, I figure in Anaheim. And, I was enthralled, and in fact, at one point, I guess he, Stamos, told him that I was there. He stopped and he said, "There's a guy in the audience. I can't do it, Douglas, who, <laughs> who whose grandfather managed me, the great Willie Robert. And, and he he did a mini tribute, which was thrilling. Wow! And I got to tell you, uh, you know, half the audience was kind of uh, you know Latino and African American and Asian. And you think, woe to woe to whoever is one of those groups, because he was fucking on fire, this guy, and doing like World yeah. War II humor, doing like teeth humor, like crazy. And I was, I was, I was terrified. You know, like I'm a chama. You know, I'm 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 in this culture, so I'm PC minded. Well, they loved him so much. He got he got these guys. He got these Japanese guys up on stage, and they, they did Iwo Jima. <laughs> it was, and they were in heaven. Hilarious. You know what I mean? <laughs> I mean, they were just fucking thrilled to death to be roasted by by Rickles. And Rickles was amazing until at some point in his, his act, first of all, he's very old. He does a tribute. He does kind of a tribute to the flag and our fallen and, and you know, the warriors and it became kind of surreal. Well,
2: a little kind mawkish, huh?
1: Yeah. Mawkish is a good word. Yeah, it was strange. It kind of veered from the... But that's old school
0: showbiz. Old school. Kind of when you
1: would say, you know, uh, uh, um, I'm a nice guy right. in spite of what you hear. They would have to throw in a song. You know, like right. I'm sure you do Battle Him in the Republic.
0: Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> he does a little
1: jessel. <laughs> g- yeah, g- a little jessel. Nobody knows about Johnny Jessel. That's what yeah. you'll stand that's <laughs>
0: Hello, so, Mama.
1: Good, Mama. This <laughs> and you're the tribute to Mr. Sid The George Jessel. I mean, we got
0: doing like Jessels him. here. Doing yeah, Jessels. And and we met, of course, on Wings. <laughs> yeah, Wings, that's right. Where you played uh, Bill... Uh, yeah, uh, William Hickey's, William Hickey's uh, nephew, Louis. Nephew, Louis. <laughs> yeah.
1: Yeah, that that was funny. Well, uh, you know, we can talk about Wings if you like, but Wings is uh, you know, people still come up to me. It's all I'm 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 kind of known for more or less. But uh, it was a good show, solid, a solid utility show. It was never a sexy show. We were always on when Friends was on uh or Cheers or I want to say uh, Seinfeld. So we never got any kind of big big notoriety, but we were able to get uh, fantastic talent. Gilbert being a uh, well, no, he wasn't.
2: <laughs> Bill
1: Hickey. Bill Hickey.
2: Well, tell us a little bit about Bill, well, Bill Hickey, Hickey since you brought him
1: up. Bill Hickey was a uh, kind of a legendary uh, he was a acting teacher. More most than anything else. most
0: people would know him from Pretty Sonner. Pretty Honor, That's yeah. right. But he was like also he talk like that. Do you want a cookie? Yeah. yeah. And but he
1: was also in the original movie of the Producers, mm-hmm. where he played that's the right. drunk that's right. that the encounter at the end in the bar. And uh, there's actually a, a scene that I remember seeing as a kid and I saw it recently again, that was cut out of the, the, uh, the television version, you know, when they, were, when they would bring these films to TV on the uh, you know the 4:30 the movie, the ABC oh, movie yes. they would cut, it, cut scenes out. And there was a, a long scene where instead of uh, Kenneth Mars as the, the Nazi playwright blowing up the theater with uh, Leo and Max by lighting fuses. Right, the short fuse and the long fuse, and those, that was a, that. Actually, it didn't result in the explosion of the theater. What resulted was they were rigging up that plunger device, and who comes out of the uh, the bar is a drunken Bill Hickey, and he looks at the thing, and he says, "What's this?" Whitney's cotton gin, and he goes to put his foot on the the plunger to tie his shoelace, and that's what blows up the theater. Um, so that's. A fascinating anecdote, I know, but uh, but so anyway. But by the time he came around to wings, and this was past Pritzi's honor. He was already kind of a a wisp of a guy. I mean, he was he had he had no. Apparently had no musculature at all. He was just bones <laughs> yeah. and some tendons. I, he was a
2: crazy
0: he was, drinker
1: and a smoker. Really, he was
0: scary oh. to look at.
1: Yeah. yeah wheezing. I, I mean, just blinking kind of exhausted him. And I, he was, I
0: remember we stayed at the hotel and they'd pick us up in the same car. And and he had some woman who was supposed to be right. his keeper his who minder. who didn't hold on to him. Yeah. And he looked like like Night of the Living Dead. He weighed two pounds and was wobbling. And he was one of those classic cases, though, of when they yelled action, he could do it. He could. But it was still frightening to watch because he really
1: had maybe 48 breaths left in him. Oh, yeah. And uh, and yet he was still able to hang on, hang on and be funny. I mean, it was actually great casting for you guys, I think. But... He was, he was again one of those people that you couldn't really get close to because you were distracted by his physical state. Yeah, and again another another instance of meeting your heroes or seeing these famous people and realizing that they're they're made of clay.
2: Sure. Well, that's the thing with this show. I mean, you've you've you're one of the guests that actually listens to the show, which we're flattered by. Some
1: and and uh, and who's under under sixty. You're
2: you're also under yeah. sixty. Mm-hmm. Yes,
1: who's still alive?
0: You're I'm still alive. The but guests. the
2: challenge, you know, we're trying to use the show to tell the, the you know showbiz history through these stories before they're gone, and sometimes oh, yeah. you know you just you don't get there in time.
1: Well, it's like the Mayan culture, you know, like the whole thing. I I I, I used to work in the Catskills, you know, and and so many of these, and you you were probably worked up there uh, that is a that culture has been completely obliterated and it was the richest uh, complex wonderful culture it really was with every conceivable entertainer worked uh, in yeah. this area well, well, mel State brooks
2: used to yeah. work was he a, a, a Tumblr? mel brooks yeah, yeah. yeah. and he, danny would...
1: Kaye was a tumbler and all yeah. these guys oh yeah and, and, I, I worked up at uh, this hotel called Kutcher's, and yes, another one sure. called the Concord. And sure. they were thriving resorts, beautiful, big, tons of food, and, and and not just the 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 Jew comic was there. You know, like, you know, you had amazing you had Sinatra, Ray Charles. You had I saw Cab Calloway up there. Wow. And, uh, yeah, it was crazy stuff. Crazy stuff,
0: fun. And, but it's all and, gone. It it seems like when you think about it, you think something nearby. Where you get entertainment, you get the outdoors, mm-hmm. why it wouldn't have been a nice vacation for it to live on further I, I I think um I think their their base audience was aging out yeah
1: and uh, and they were always waiting for gambling to go to come to New York State, right? It never, never came. They were waiting, waiting. And that would bring the next wave, the next generations. Uh, because by the time the 70s came around, and that's when I was working there, um, the hotels were pretty much dying and they were scrambling to make themselves vital. Uh, you know, there were singles weekends. There were disco. They would they – would, uh, uh, I remember um, there were teachers uh, teaching, teaching disco and – I mean, this the 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 time of these hotels was passing. What were you doing there? I was uh, well at Cutcher's. I was on the so-called athletic staff. I called bingo. I lined tennis courts and uh, did odd jobs. And then at night, I would hold uh, when I was sober enough to, because I was in my teens and it was all pot and drinking and you know girls and everything was amazing. Uh, I would hold the the. Um, the lights, I would I would point the lights uh, on on the stage and saw all these acts. I saw Jan Murray. I saw, like I say, Cab Calloway. I saw, I think, Sandler and Young. And the, wow. You know, crazy. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, Sandler and Young. Yeah, cra- and all these acts. And, uh, and of course, that was my kind of family's background. So it made sense uh, to me that I was there. And then I was a cabana boy around this huge pool at the Concord. And it was where they would have singles weekends. And this is when they were really trying to... Do the best they could to revitalize their their base, um, and you know who was there a lot was uh, Lenny Schultz. Lenny oh, Schultz. Yes. Oh yes, yes. And uh, he would at um, at the Concord occasionally. He would, in you know in lieu of being an actual tumbler, he would make an appearance, and he would walk around the pool with a papoose with a doll uh, of a baby in the back of the papoose and he had a riding crop in one hand and he'd walk around and he would scream shut up shut up shut up and he would hit the baby with the uh with the riding crop and walk around and kind of and, and people would howl. <laughs> it, was it was great. It was a great time. It Really was.
2: I remember Lenny Schultz in a chicken in a chicken costume? Oh my oh God, His yeah. big he, shtick.
1: He was, yeah. a, he was a he was a kind of a real. I would say he was a big star, but he was on laughing. Yeah, I think there was a special with Interesting him cat. that he was, Yeah, he was a gym teacher.
0: Yeah, he he never took off. Never the took way off. He should have, cause I I remember. He used to appear at Catcherizing Star right, right, right. all the time, and the audience would go out of their minds, go crazy, Lenny. Yeah. They would say that was his thing. He would, he would, you know, you've heard of Meet the Press? Well, here's Press the Meat,
1: and he would have chopped meat <laughs> and smash it, and this, it was all very kinetic shtick. You know, a lot of weird faces. It wasn't, you know, it wasn't uh, intelligent comedy, yeah. but it was hilarious. I thought it was. I thought he, we, we, we would scream for him, we'd, and then we would go to clubs at night. Of course, get hammered on. Uh, you know, Tequila Sunrises.
2: And, and your, your dad represented mm-hmm. some of those uh, uh, those Borscht Belt guys like Freddie Roman and, and <sighs> Freddie Dick Roman. Capri, who are Dick both still Dick with Capri, us, by the way. Right, that's right. Two Dick guys Capri. we should get on the show, oh, Gil. yeah. Freddie, you've got to have uh, Catskills stories. Well,
1: I've got to tell you something. I, several years ago, I went to see – there was a Broadway show called Catskills on Broadway. Sure. I think yes. I I brought my mom. And who wanted to see it and and I, I, I went with some trepidation because I thought oh it's gonna be old old people again, oh here we go, it's gonna be corny shit. And it was amazing. These people knew how to work a room, and you know there there were three. It was it was Dick Capri, Freddie Roman,
2: malzi Lawrence,
1: and malzi Lawrence was <laughs> the, was the cleanup. Yeah, and he fucking yeah. destroyed the th- It was like he's a music hilarious. box
0: theater. Destroyed
1: the theater. It's hilarious. I could not believe it, what he's doing.
0: Funny with a lot of these performers who I've gone to see, thinking I'm going to laugh at how bad they are and how out of touch. And then when you watch them, they go, oh, wait, these, they're fucking great. They're great. They were, they were they were artists.
1: They knew what they were doing, honed after decades of working rooms, you know, and probably had every conceivable challenge in front of them. You know, it was up, Marilyn Michaels was also. Oh, in she's yes. still around. She's yeah. on Facebook. Let me tell you, yeah, they funny. really killed it. Yeah, they really funny did. Funny lady. Um, several years ago, I was working up at uh, Williamstown doing a play, and I ran into the son of um, another Catskills agent, this guy's name was Arnold Graham. And Arnold Graham's son um, recognized me and we started talking and talking about the Catskills and all that stuff. And he told me, oh, what comic? Some comedian, I want to say Mac Robbins or somebody whose name is is not around anymore, some guy. They are now working, these comedians, they can't stop working. Now they do... Uh, gigs at assisted living facilities in florida or in new jersey and they're you know 85 87 90 years old and they still keep going huh sounds good incredible (laughs) he's (laughs) thinking about it get in on it now yeah (laughs) Yeah.
2: i have some rare video that i have to send you of morty gunty and gene Gene balos roasting joe franklin
0: Oh, I'll send fire. it to you. You know, you know what I remember? I remember one time being booked at the Nevelly. The Nevelly, yeah. Yeah, yeah. And I was sitting in their lunch room at one point, and there was a family there having uh, breakfast or lunch, and the rabbi jumped up and ran over to that table really angrily and yelled at them, because, like, a little kid there was having a glass of milk with, uh, with like, some meat right. that he yeah. was eating. And you couldn't mix milk and meat. Yeah. And I'm thinking, if they're that desperate to keep alive, you shouldn't have those kind of difficulties.
1: No, no. milk you and sh- meat. Most rabbis are composed mostly of milk and meat. <laughs> if you squeeze them hard enough, something like milk comes
2: out out of their meat. So your dad, This is this, I find this fascinating. And we, we just to give this a little subtext, when you first came here, we told you, we had Pat Cooper in this yeah, room Pat about Cooper. two weeks ago. Yeah. And he was sitting in this chair wow. <coughs> discussing Willie Weber. Wow. Which I find to be a very strange coincidence And telling us how Willie Weber, and it's in his book, yeah. your grandfather got him booked on The Gleason Show. Amazing. Amazing. And that was a turning point. Yeah, I for guess him. so.
1: Well, my grandfather was apparently, I'm given to understand, a fairly influential guy in this particular circle of comedians. Uh he my grandfather, interestingly enough, was a an orphan, you know, in Harlem at the turn of the 20th century and grew up on the streets. It was a very tough, sinewy, you know, kind of <laughs> Jew and he uh, fought his way uh, up and um, and became involved in the mob. He worked with a guy we were talking about named Waxy Gordon. Well, I love that. New Jer- Waxy, Waxy
0: Gordon.
1: <laughs> Waxy Gordon. He was a New Jersey mobster. Uh-huh. And... Uh, and, and 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 he had a lot of uh, kind of adventures, my grandfather. And then he went from gangster, I think, to agent, which is a logical next step. Oh yeah, and um, both dishonest, <laughs> both dishonest. And why did he go to jail? Was he
2: involved in some kind? Apparently of—
1: Apparently, he was uh, maybe running drugs, or and from the back of his car, or he took the fall for somebody. Uh-huh. And again, it was all very uh, hush hush. I, I could never get. I, I got very few details about my about that side of the family from these people. They, they, were, they, were, they knew how to keep a secret, omerta, I guess. And, yeah, yeah. Uh, and, and, but the story was that he was uh, loyal to whatever Don there was at the time. And, and for a while, and my mother confirmed this, when she first married my father, they went to a, a wedding, an Italian wedding, and to which this Don was there. And when they saw my grandfather, everything stopped and the Don, I don't know who it was, said, Willie, come here. You know, and my mother, I like, couldn't believe it. <laughs> Fucking, you know, Don Corleone was embracing her, her father-in-law. So he must have been you know, trusted in, in some ways. And he was a really tough guy. He was very hard on my dad. You know, he had, my father had a very tough childhood through being, I, I want to say, abused by this guy who probably received lots of abuse himself. But, and there was that kind of toughness that he was known for by his comics. Right? Yeah, they, but they mean, always everything
2: you him. read about him is that he was generous to comics. That he was that he was you know decent. He may have been. Yeah. He may have been. I mean,
1: who yeah. knows? It's all a mystery. I've had to I've had to kind of make up or imagine pieces. Because you spuzzle. never you never met him. I did know him when I was uh, he was old. He um, uh, by the time I I came into the picture uh, and uh, you know. You know, we would sleep over my grandparents' house, uh, an apartment in Queens, which overlooked the cemetery, which was great. And uh, and he would go, in, he would come in in the mornings and bring the papers. But I didn't see him when he was at his at his height. But uh, I mean, I was given to understand that yeah, while he was generous generous to his comics, um, he was also extremely tough. I I really don't know what qualifications he had to kind of steer or guide these guys careers, but he must have had a, an eye in order to
2: find them to begin with. Yeah, our friend Lou uh, 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 Cliff Nesterhoff has some yeah. really great stuff that he he managed uh, Lou Marsh and Tony Adams. Does that mean anything to you? <laughs> These were acts managed Stone and Shine. <laughs> Stone and Shine. And uh, no, Jackie Vernon. <laughs> well, Jackie Vernon, yeah. Jackie yeah. Vernon everybody knows. And Mickey Shaughnessy. You know yeah. that name, Gil? Mickey Shaughnessy. I've heard
0: the name. Yeah. Uh-huh. You could, and,
1: Mickey Shaughnessy was actually in a few movies. I think he was like a he did. A, he was a character guy. He was a D's, Dumb and Dumber oh, type yeah. of a,
0: a, a guy, I think, and but a comic. You know, and Jackie Vernon, of course, was. Here's some slides for my vacation. <laughs> <laughs> but his hand on his stomach. Yeah, right? and he'd have a little clicker, and he'd go. Here's Manuel leading us around the quicksand. Here's Manuel up to from the waist up. Is Manuel's hat? <laughs> but,
2: but Jackie Vernon says, "God bless Willie Weber," which I found online. It, where I, I think, well, oh, you I'm know, sorry. in Cliff's book, there's yeah. a, there's more than a few mentions. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, of your grandpa. And this is interesting that because you know that Rickles didn't start out as an insult comic. He apparently started out doing impressions. He did. And the insult thing came. You knew this, Gil. Yeah. yeah. The From insult Jackie thing came, came much later. Well, Jackie. Yeah, people yeah. claim that Jackie Leonard. That Jackie he, that he Leonard always liberally.
0: claimed Don Rickles stole his whole personality. Because I don't remember Jackie
1: Leonard necessarily being an insult comic, right?
0: Yeah, he was. I. I mean, I don't remember Jackie Leonard. Yeah, yeah. But I Hattic guess glasses. he would pick on people in the audience, guess, and um,
2: yeah, I, it's it said that Don Rickles at, at early in his career imitated Peter Lorre. And did other impressions, and that your grandfather, when he was booking him, if if they would tell him, "Well, we don't need another comic," your grandfather would tell people he was a harmonica harmonica virtuoso. This is okay, what I found. It's interesting online. Yeah, I and I think true.
0: was it Weber mm-hmm. who told Pat Cooper, "I I want to get you on Galison, but first I want to book you in uh, St. Louis." Right. Yeah. So he'd go to St. Louis, and he'd bomb, but help develop him more.
1: Interesting. You know, you wonder where he got this acumen from, this understanding. And again, because I remember him being particularly funny. My father, too, was who, who I guess, followed in his footsteps. Phil Couldn't, Webb Attractions? Phil Webb Attractions, yeah. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> I mean, Phil Greenwald was his uh, partner for a while. And Philly Greenwald was the guy that worked up the Concord, and he was, I guess, the, the booker at the Concord, and uh, uh, a reasonably powerful guy, again, in that circle. But then my father... Uh, yeah, that's right. My father was my was partners with his father, and then Willie died, and then my dad was on his own. And his uh, and he worked with Pat Cooper, who I, I knew when I was a kid, and uh, and his other big actor was a guy named Pat Henry. And Pat, Pat Henry, Henry sure opened for Sinatra forever, forever. Yeah, and he was a Chicago. Based comic and uh, not well known today, but you can find some stuff on YouTube. You know, thank God for the Internet, which is both wonderful and horrific. But for this type of stuff, you can find anything. And, and, and indeed, I found some uh, footage of Pat Henry, I think, on the Ed Sullivan show. And he wasn't a, a comedian who was inherently hilarious or maybe could could improvise. But he reliable, developed, reliable and yeah. developed, you know, I guess an hour or so of material and I would, I would actually go to nightclubs with my father and, and, and then go backstage and and see that whole world, which was interesting, especially when he was with Sinatra. But a couple of times I went to these smaller clubs, and my father would then huddle with him afterwards and give him notes. And again, even then at the time, I thought, what the hell does my father know about comedy? He doesn't – He's not, he ain't funny. Um, but again, he was a, a stalwart, I suppose, and they, they liked My father and my grandfather, which is haunted.
0: We will return to Gilbert Gottfried's amazing, colossal podcast. But first, a word from our sponsor.
2: And now back to the show. And then you made a movie. You wrote a movie called Clubland.
1: I did, I did. I wrote a movie which miraculously got made. Um, I... I, It was for Showtime, you know, before Showtime was really cool. This is when they allowed guys like me to write movies and I guess they were hurting for materials. But I was able to make a quasi-biographical or autobiographical movie about my father and his father, Stewie and Willie. Um, And Alan Alda played Willie and I played Stewie. I played my own father. And it was – and I cobbled together a story that had some – some biographical events in it, uh, but I had to I had to make this whole thing up. And uh, Sol Rubinek, who's a wonderful actor, we oh, love Sol Rubinek. Oh, it. yeah. Yeah, he was great and he directed it. And it was very – it was kind of a very artsy version. We did these kind of real-time transitions uh, – uh, he loved to, uh, um, Saul loved to transition from winter to summer without cutting the camera. So it'd be winter over here where he'd point the camera, and meanwhile, people would be frantically changing over the scene while he slowly panned to the summer, and, uh, you know, yeah, yeah, and it was great, but it took forever, and it wasn't compelling, really, for
2: an audience to watch. And Brad Garrett turns up, was he playing a Gleason kind of Brad character? Garrett,
1: Brad Garrett played his, you know my grandfather's big comic that ends up leaving him, you know, so there was that. There uh-huh. so was a little
2: bit of wrinkles, a little. A little bit, a little bit of, yeah. He yeah. was a
1: composite, and right. uh, and Brad was great. I I think it was one of his first kind of solid acting roles, you know. And uh, it was great. It was great to do. But you know,
0: did you meet Sinatra?
1: I didn't quite meet him, but I was backstage. There used to be a theater called the Westchester Premier Theater. And uh, which I'd heard later on was mob owned. Uh, that surprise, shocking. Yeah, uh, that notwithstanding, was a viable theater. And uh, Pat Henry was opening for Sinatra at the Westchester Premier Theater. And I went backstage and met a variety of um, uh, characters that were in the kind of Sinatra world. One was a, a guy named Nifty. Who seemed to be
2: absolutely
0: <laughs> <sexually laughs> nifty together with Waxy or whatever. Wixy, waxy, nifty. It's like out of a movie that you think didn't exist in real life. <laughs> all these guys. Oh, nifty. I, well, and I took I took
1: these characters and put them in the movie that I wrote. Nifty was a guy that somehow uh, carried all the band's music. The band was Sam Butera and the Witnesses that had worked with Louis Prima actually, but he was the band. They were the band. And Nifty was hopped up on, and I'm not making this up, cough medicine was his drug, I think, of choice. He was fucking guzzling cough medicine. And it was the 70s, so he had a shag haircut. And uh, he was a tough guy, and he was drinking cough medicine. Another guy was um, a guy they called the czar. The czar. And the czar was a diminutive guy named Larry, who was, I guess, kind of an idiot. I don't know what he was doing, but he was... He carried some of Pat Henry's papers. They had these kind of – Pat Henry was Italian. Hang around. He was Italian. Yeah, yeah. yeah. So uh, Nifty, the czar. And then (laughs) next door, (laughs) I could hear Sinatra. Sinatra Sinatra warbling and warming up. And and that was it. And I never got to meet him. I I, I, I recall meeting a priest who carried a gun – I recall meeting. I recall meeting a guy who my father introduced me to as shooter, and indeed he was a squat, scary-looking guy, Bob Hoskins type, who had you know shook my my little hand. Wah. His hand was like a catch mitt. How you doing, kid? And they were all so nice. And there's something incredibly compelling about that whole that whole world. I'm sure there was a lot of shit that I that I could not even imagine. I do remember seeing some woman had passed a Polaroid of her naked uh, to give to Pat Henry. And I remember somehow I, my 13-year-old eyes kind of, of, of found this. Zing, as it was passed from Nifty to the Zaw to Pat. You know, I was like, ah! And I realized that this is the
2: business for me. <sighs> what part of Queens did you grow up in? We, we were talking before.
1: I grew you up, up were in, all over? All over. I yeah. grew up in um, a Briarwood, uh, Flushing, Fresh Meadows, yeah. Rico Park uh Forest
2: Hills I'm from that area too yeah. my dad had there were there were also guys in the neighborhood that my dad knew with those nicknames oh, there was I'm a guy sure. they called Handsome Pills Handsome because Pills because somebody said somebody once said <laughs> look at this guy he looks like he just swallowed a whole bottle of Handsome, Handsome Pills, Pills. That. and that when and the name stuck Handsome there were Pills. all these guys
1: it, was, it had a very it had this kind of post-war uh, flavor to it. I mean, there were still old candy shops and nets with, you know, like out of the Bowery Boys who had malted machines and There was and some still some and, of that when I was the, growing up. A lot up. of it, a yeah. lot of it and then it kind of it
0: really changed, I want to say, in the 70s. Where- I, I guess, I guess all of us remember uh, getting a malted and they would fill the glass mm-hmm. with the malted and give you the metal shaker. That's right. Sure. They would always so Or, you get or, or when you glasses. got a chocolate
2: ice cream, same thing. thing. Oh, yeah. yeah. Well, yeah. You, you're from Coney Island, so there must have been a million of those oh, places. Oh, yeah. Around. And the metal shaker was cold.
0: Right? Yes. It was nice yeah. and cold. Yes. And
2: it was so amazing. Find find. And it was like, you so you got out.
0: really. Over two glasses yeah.
2: of yeah. milk. Well, there's Eisenberg still. Multi. What's the name? Of the, you're still in your neighborhood, right? The little place in Chelsea oh, that, has, yeah. that gives you that has the oh, old lunch I, counter. I, I went yeah. to that place. Yeah, yeah that's right. Yeah, yeah. They they there's try a f- to do that. You left, and, well, and one no one on remembers
0: when. If I go into a place and say "malted," they don't know what it is. They don't know what you're talking about. You're still about, going right? into deli. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> I want a malted. They were drugstores <laughs>
2: in those days. Drugstores.
0: Now, also. Uh, getting back to wings for a second, there was like one of the leads was the very pretty, sexy Crystal Bernard. And now you you were telling me something about a song she released uh, or about well, her okay. family. Well, yeah. well, her she came from a uh, kind of a
1: classic uh, evangelical tent meeting kind of a background. That the family actually went on, uh, you know, they, they went to revival meetings, I guess, and sang all manner of songs that would get you to embrace Jesus. And one of these songs was, uh, and I heard it, was called, um, The Monkey Ain't No Relative of Mine. <laughs> And you can Uh-oh. ask you can
2: ask Amy Yasbeck about this. It's an anti-evolution kind of a thing, or
1: uh, or anti-monkey, trial? or anti-, <laughs> anti-, anti-, anti relative. Right? right. right. Yeah, right. yeah. Just anti-monkey. <laughs> Pro like, Scopes trial song with it. Tons of them. Ray uh, Stevens did a big Scopes trial. Uh, 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 trial whole well, uh, Scopes trial period. Scopes
0: trial period. So the yeah. monkey, uh, the Stevens. monkey ain't no relative, relative of, of mine. mine. That's right. Basically denying the whole evolution. Uh,
1: or thing. yes, yeah, maybe the monkey ain't no relative i i guess that's what it was look uh the the key to i guess certain sects is that uh evolution is false uh but the thing was that uh, um uh crystal was and is i mean i haven't seen her in a while uh i think one of the most underrated comic actresses uh on tv she was very oh look you and she did great routines on that show where you were constantly leering at her and oh. she would fend you off with that kind of acid. She she was terrific. She was really good.
0: Because it was always like, you know, I was the typical. Yeah. My being obnoxious. Uh-huh. and like <laughs> You were playing a lech. Yeah, <laughs> the horny guy. And, and I'm just constantly trying yeah. to come on to her. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And she's like uh, disgusted. She was disgusted. I remember one thing that I'll always remember about about crystal bernard though was one time we were about you know i would always like do the thing like i'm making a pass at her and then she'd insult me yeah and then one time backstage we were about to go on mm-hmm. and crystal bernard put her arms around me mm. and said i'm sorry i have to say so many bad things about you well,
1: that's nice
2: how nice that's really nice wow
1: she was really authentic that's interesting. Did Where she we- did she give you a
0: hand job? <laughs> a blow job, yeah, but blow it was job. very quick. And she spit it out. But on yes. camera? On camera? <laughs> yes. She did a spit take of your semen? She went I said the <laughs> king is alive And she went... <laughs> <laughs> yeah.
1: Wow. Yeah. Most people don't know when watching spit takes.
0: Spit oh, takes Lord. on TV
1: shows that's mostly come. <laughs> Because that's consistency, because you can't see regular water really? or seltzer yeah. on TV. Yeah. Most of it is body, body fluids.
0: And yogurt didn't fly. It doesn't fly. <laughs> Semen is
1: so aerodynamic. Who knew? Speaking of wings, yeah I ask you about
2: a couple of other people <laughs> sure, who are on the show? Besides two of our podcast guests, Craig, who we talked about, yeah, it, did, and, and Josh Mostel. Uh Josh Mostel, that's right, Zero's
1: yeah. son, Josh. But here's
2: yeah. a list of interesting people. Uh, I just want to see if there are any mem- these jog any memories. Uh, Rosemarie? <laughs> Rosemarie, I think she's still alive. She is. Yes, she is. She's still alive we and alert. We just
1: interviewed Dick Van Dyke. We're Dick Van Dyke wow. on a yeah. couple of he's weeks amazing. ago. Oh my God, he's amazing. Um, yeah, Rosemarie was on it, and we were in awe of her. You know, she was great. She still got it. You know that it, whatever it is. Whatever How about it is Soupy? Here. That's right. Soupy Sales was on it. I mean, this show was the fucking nexus. (laughs) Everybody was was stuck. Uh, Yeah. Yeah, I mean, we we were on ran for seven years. We had so
2: many people on the show. Soupy Sales was on the fucking show. Norman Lloyd, who's still with us. Oh, Norman Lloyd is 185 years old. Judd Apatow was going to get him for us. He's hilarious. He's tennis. Work with Chaplin and Keaton. Work with Chaplin and And Hitchcock. And I heard,
0: I guess, Judd Apatow was telling us that Norman Lloyd, he hired for this last movie. Oh, that's right. right. That's right. right. Schumer. That's right. And, and here he is. He's 100. He showed up by himself.
2: <laughs> <Don't>, <laughs> himself to to the set. Yeah. Yeah, That's right. I love
0: that. Wiped his ass with the, the body of of Bill, uh, <laughs> of William. Hickey. <laughs> William Hickey.
2: <laughs> William Hickey. Uh, rung him out. Here's a couple others. Yeah. Uh, Pat Hingle. Yeah, Pat Hingle. My God, oh I worked with God. Pat Hingle. Pat Hingle great. was great, a
1: great actor. I, w- I was in The Shining with him. You know, he lost his pinky. He didn't lose it i mean it was ripped out of him as a young actor i did not know that he if you watch no his you films, can you can't
0: see really. that yeah wow yeah, that well, you brought him up scene. a couple of weeks ago yeah Pat Engel, Pat Engel. i was always a big fan of a, a
1: really wonderful actor and i gotta tell you during, while we were shooting wings one night you know we always had a warm-up comic we had a band there was lots of tumult and it was a din and we were fine but he was absolutely tortured by it he couldn't believe it and he was kind of outraged as though he hadn't done a maybe he I hadn't done a four camera, you know, sitcom, but there was so much noise and so much party atmosphere in order to just keep the, the audience interested, for Christ's sake. You know, they were handing out sugar. But he couldn't one take thing,
0: it. If if uh, people out there haven't been to the filming of a show They'll have comedians yeah. come out and they'll do, like, you know, the Macarena. They'll be the tossing macarino. stuff that's out right. to the audience. Right. They got to keep the audience awake.
2: Because it's four hours, sometimes more. Oh, yeah. I came to a Wings taping. You did? Yeah, I don't remember the comic. I remember you. Yeah. Remember you. <laughs> 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 My first year yeah, in L.A. Yeah, yeah. You were wearing a gray jacket. Farter. That's right. Gray
1: jacket farting. That's right. The comic is a guy named uh, Robert Lee. Robert Lee. Who, you know, who's I still working. Very funny dude. I, I L-E-E? L-E-E, yeah. Yeah. Not no. L I. He no. wasn't Asian.
2: It could have been L E I G H.
1: L E I G H. That's right. Like Vivian Lee, Right. he was
2: hilarious too. <laughs> what about Michael J. Pollard on Wings? Any? <laughs> fucking
1: remember? Michael J. Pollard was <laughs> on Wings. Yeah, I forgot. That. Michael J. Pollard
2: was on Wings.
1: I kind of remember. Again, <laughs> you meet your heroes. He was. Uh, he wasn't the warmest guy. He was uh, still tripping, I guess. And he was. Uh, you know, he was there. I mean, there wasn't that much interaction between. You know, they would do their thing, and then they'd go to their rooms and smoke a joint. To jerk off, whatever. Yeah.
0: I, I was once replaced Uh-oh. by Michael J. Pollard. Oh, tell in us. What? I did. It was a horror. Horrible... Do you remember tell me this? What yeah, I, well, I was once replaced uh, by Billy Barney. Well, you, I well that, was in the Mel, part that was to... a Mel Brooks. Yes, yes, in Life Stinks.
1: Oh, my God.
0: They were really <laughs> wanted me. They kept saying, oh, Gilbert, you're great for the part. And I was replaced with Billy Barney oh, at the last minute. They mm. said, um but <laughs> he worked for half yeah it's <laughs> just a, a money thing i i was doing a movie uh the last of the gene wilder richard pryor comedies oh God, yeah. called another you mm-hmm. it was horrible mm-hmm. and uh i was playing one of the parts and then they fired the director and most of the cast Got rid of all the previously shot footage and replaced a bunch of people, and they replaced me with Michael J. Pollard <laughs> because you didn't, you weren't dynamic enough. Yeah, <laughs> <laughs> Michael J. Pollard. I, so... I, I didn't, I didn't wow. have the sex appeal
1: well, of Michael, Michael J. Pollard. Was Mason Reese <laughs> <laughs> on oh. a I would love to see a, a threesome with you, Mason Reese, and Metal J Pollock. It can be arranged. Fucking each other and rubbing each other with Noxema. And, you know, and, oh, God. it can be arranged. Yeah. What about
2: Peter Torque? Did an episode of <laughs> Peter Wings.
1: Dark did an episode of Wings. You name it. Phil they did Leeds. It. Oh, well, Phil Let's Leeds. Talk about Phil, okay. Leeds. Oh, Phil my Leeds, God.
0: He always popped up on. Um, uh, what, what, what was that? Allie McBeal. That's right. The McBeal. Judge. That's yeah. right. Phil Leeds was. Uh, I forget who told me this, but he was one of the original sick
1: comics in the 50s who did, I guess, more blue stuff and more outrageous stuff. Like. like, um, uh, like Erwin Corey was, did kind of offbeat shit he didn't do like uh, joke, punchline, joke yeah. punchline it was strange and Phil Leeds was, is also in Rosemary's Baby That's of all right movies oh right. yeah and because and, he's got this hilariously funny face and suddenly it's malevolent in that film but Phil Leeds was uh, I guess a few years away from, from dying but so he looked like uh, w- what all ha- uh, what what all Jews look like eventually, like an oil painting in the rain, you know, bar melting. But so funny, and and gave me and Tim one of our longest, uh, you know, uh, uh, crack ups that uh, we ever had because he had to say the line, "He screwed me, he screwed me blue," and coming out of this guy's face, which was like it looked like an <laughs> apple sculpture on a windowsill. <laughs> You know, he was uh, – and we were so aware of his comic appeal and what he looked like and was so amazing in front of this audience that, uh, yeah, that was a particularly memorable one. Hell, we had Oliver North on the game. I know. Show, I was
2: going through IMDb looking at the names. Which was
1: – I don't know who thought that that would be – it's like having <laughs> – hey, we've got we – got, we, got we got Joey Goebbels.
2: we got Goebbels <laughs> on the show. He's going
1: to prison, buddy. It'll, it'll, it'll pull our ratings up. We had Oliver North. This guy had lied to Congress. Was a nightmare, you know. And we did a scene where. Uh, uh, I, yeah, I did the scene with him. And I remember Tim was really was having a tough time with it. tough time. Tim, Tim Daly, the handsomest man in North America. He is. My wife is in love with him. He's uh,
0: everybody's in love with him. And, and I, I would wind up sort of working with Tim again. Yeah. In that I was Miss Yes Picklick. In a couple of episodes where he was Superman
1: on oh, that cartoon. Interesting.
0: Yes, yes, yes. Superman.
1: Fucking and, fuck Tim Daly
0: and Tim Tim Daly <laughs> was of, is of course the brother of Tyne Daly. That's right, and Cagney and Lacey. That's right, and that's the right. son
2: of uh, James James Daly, Daly of Medical of Center. Medical oh, Center. that's and, right. And, uh, I believe the Twilight Zone, the Twilight Zone, and also a
1: Star Trek episode. Correct. Oh, which, uh, yeah. which Twilight Zone? Oh, 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 oh. He oh, knows. oh, oh, oh knows. Wait, hold up. Uh, um, um, where he jumps off the train? Last. Oh, Willoughby. Next stop, Willoughby. Willoughby. Yeah.
0: Oh, that my was a great one. One. episode. Great episode. Where there's like a
1: double whammy at the Next end. Next oh, stop, Willoughby. Willoughby. He gets off. He's the. He's the He's the uh, – uh, uh, Rod Sterling loved the overworked, you know, the the guy from the 50s and early 60s, the overworked executive who's longing for a time, uh, you know, the halcyon days. And he takes the train and every night he falls asleep and in this dream he's on an old-fashioned train and it stops at Willoughby and he looks outside and there's he has kids rolling hoops and there's ice cream stands and everybody's walking hand in hand wearing straw hats and all that stuff. And finally one night he gets off the fucking train and we're, we're back in the in the present apparently he walked off the train at willoughby and then you think that's it oh my god except they put his body in the back of this
0: hearse and it says willoughby funeral home Wah! Yeah. what the fuck like they they, that's they, great. they 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 did the whole thing willoughby there was another uh, twilight zone very much in that same yeah. order uh, of a guy who's like works for a big agency yeah. and and it's gig young oh, really oh, yeah, yeah. yeah. Is and, that the one where he meets himself as a boy? Yes. Yeah. And Gig Young gets mm-hmm. stuck. He's on his way to a business meeting. Mm. His car breaks down. He's stuck in a town, and he realizes, I think it's called walking distance. Mm-hmm. He's in walking distance right. of the town he grew up in. Wow. So he walks yeah. there, and... Everything is exactly the same, and he sees himself as a little Interesting. boy. Interesting. And that was—that's a great one.
1: And, and there's another one where a guy who's overworked with um, uh, the actor's name is is, is escaping me. He, this guy also played was in The Godfather. He played one of the dons. Um, oh, uh, I know who you mean, Robert uh,
0: Marley. No, 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 no. I you mean
1: that's the guy that played uh, Barzini. Yeah, Barzini. When he says, you know. Yeah. Conte, Richard Conti. Richard Conti. Oh, oh, my God! Right. Conti is right. over right. a guy
0: jumps out the window, but of it's course he one. doesn't jump on the window. The girl the girl with the cat eyes. Oh, that's
1: right. That's yes. right.
0: Every time he falls asleep, yes, he sees he's the girl, girl with who the wants cat to bring eyes. him
1: into a funhouse or bring him onto
0: a ride or something, and, but he can't. He and he the, says in that wonderful Richard Conti way, he goes... There's no way to win. It's tails you win, you know. It's kids uh, yeah, yeah. you win. Tails I lose. Tails I lose. <laughs> and everybody's smoking. Everybody's smoking. Oh yes. This
2: brings us to what, as, as we wind down, the kind of things you watched as a kid. Now you, you wrote a couple of episodes of the New Outer Limits. I did. did you, uh, so you did. were an Outer Limits fan as a kid? Because we were going to ask. We ask a, a lot of people who grew up around here. What yeah. you watch as a kid? You watch the same stuff we did.
1: I guess I did. I mean, uh, Twilight uh, Zone, Chiller well, Theater. Oh, uh, Chiller Theater used to scare just the opening
0: credits. Used to oh, to yeah, just six with the six-fingered, six-fingered hand, hand coming to... out of the quicksand. Yeah,
1: and then there was a uh, Creature Features, which was on WNW. Sure. sure, where they had a guy uh, who, who was uh, one of the local announcers. I guess, kind of be a, a creepy guy. Yeah, like, like
0: the... in New York, it was Zachary. Zachary. Yeah. I, I, I never watched Zachary. He is John he is Zachary. He
2: is indeed. He's in his I think he's 90 something. Well, yeah, I, I got to tell you
1: something. You know, um uh it, it occurred to me and and you can research this. There are guys alive that really started that founded modern television, television as we know it. Chuck McCann. We
0: had Chuck yeah. McCann. You did have Chuck yeah, McCann. He yeah. was terrific. It was great.
1: There's yeah. not there's not I feel like at uh, uh, Lee Strasberg. There's not a plaque. <laughs> you <Yeah. laughs> have a statue. <laughs> for Chuck McCann. Yeah. This guy yeah. created yep. him and Sonny Fox, Sandy Becker. Sandy Becker. Yep. Who may be still alive, I think. I'm, I'm, I'm not sure maybe Sonny, Sonny Fox. Fox Sandy Sonny Becker's Fox. gone, this but this Sonny Fox is around. kind of live sketch comedy, Soupy Sales did this kind of cutting edge, really raw stuff, which, you know, I mean, uh, uh, without them, I mean, who knows of what course. would
2: happen. So you were yeah. watching the stuff we, we you Officer Joe and, Bolton, Officer Joe Bolton and
0: there was uh I remember now, cuz you we were talking about Pat Hingle there was a Pat Hingle twilight zone episode oh wow what is where is that oh. he's a henpecked guy yeah who like works for a toy factory yeah. and he really wants to be you know with these little kids yeah, yeah, that yeah, he yeah, was yeah. with yeah. as a boy yeah i don't remember that yeah but oh yeah, there's some. So you like
2: horror films, and you like well, sci-fi. I did like and you sci-fi and horror, but also stuff. I
1: loved all the local, all the local shows in New York. You know, New York was the Captain Jack McCarthy. Captain Jack, you remember McCarthy, Three Bells and All's
2: Three Well? Bell? Hey, he's a local yes, kid. You yeah. remember Beachcomber Bill? Am I the only person that remembers? I that? don't. Yeah. Or diver Dan? Diver, was diver guy, Dan was the yeah. guy it was in the
0: Finley. Finley <laughs> was a fish with that the little <laughs> flappy thing. Yeah. Right. all that line. And I remember Captain Jack used to say, "Well, time and tide wait for no man." Yeah. Now it's off to the bar. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> That's right. Now, oh, I I, I remember on Wings, because he was Carlton, uh, William yeah, Hickey, yeah, and I was his nephew. At one part, he was talking about me on the thing, and he goes, Lewis is a nice boy. But he's got that annoying voice. Yes, yeah,
1: yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs>
0: now, I heard you have a story about me during the making of Wings Eating on the set. <sighs> I don't did remember.
1: Someone? Maybe
2: because I don't want to remember. <laughs> well, when Stephen and I first connected on LinkedIn, yes. do I remember? <laughs> he yeah, said I to a, this is what he's referring to. You said to me, I have st- I'm, I'll come, I'll do the show, I'll tell stories about watching Gilbert Eat. <laughs> I, you know, nothing, I probably. probably nothing was, specific. I, I was
1: just probably trying to impress Frank. Uh, yeah,
0: it was. You're impressing him by saying you saw me eat. Yeah,
1: yeah. I, I watched him eat a foot long sandwich. <laughs> he get Gilbert can unhinge his jaw, like a fucking snake, without chewing. Nobody was looking. Holy shit! And he passed the whole thing intact. <laughs> That's funny. He's not from this earth. He's not of this earth. <laughs> Give Godfrey, not of this earth.
2: You want to talk we we're, we're, as we run out of time here. You want to talk I got a whole bunch of things left. You want to talk about Koja, Kojak Kojak oh, movies? Kojak. Yeah. <laughs> he did a
1: Kojak. Well, look, I've been lucky enough to work with all these great guys. And Telly Savalas did the Telly great Telly Twilight
2: S- Z- Zone episode. T- he talking did. Tina. Yeah. He did. Yeah. yeah, talking Tina.
1: Um I worked with one uh, with uh, with uh, Telly Savalas on one of the last Kojak TV movies in which it was clear that his main uh, motivation in any scene was to find a place to sit down. And, he would, and they would go over the scene and he would say, all right, I'm going to sit over here. And then I'm going to move to that seat over there. I'm going to sit on the desk and that's how they would direct it. And me and Andre Brower were the two kind of detectives who did all the footwork. But he would just be in scenes where he'd
2: be drinking coffee I don't think he was sucking lollipops. I believe Angie Dickinson was in
1: that. <laughs> Angie Dickinson was yeah. that? Oh, God, Angie Dickinson,
2: yeah. yeah I'm right. just going to throw some names at Throw some names at As man. we run out of time. Yeah, we run out of time. What about Philip Bosco?
1: Uh, well, Phil Bosco I worked with uh, a, a few times, and we did a play. We did uh, Come Back Little Sheba at the Old Roundabout, and we did a, a – the first movies I, I was in was called Walls of Glass, very obscure and Phil Bosco was one of these redoubtable character guys, New York based. Did a, he's still around. He's still around. He's, he's, I think he lives in Tenafly or something like that. A great actor. Look, I mean, right. actors are sort of treated like shit and maybe, maybe justifiably so. I mean, obviously, you know, they make money and they, they, you know, they get a lot of easy affirmation, but he, he, you know, he, he should, he would have been knighted if he was in, uh, in, uh, if, if we were in England. But then, you, but Gilbert would have been thrown into debtor's prison <laughs> for sure. So I'm glad we're here. I'm glad we You here. made a movie called okay.
2: a, "I Woke Up Early the Day I Died," oh, God, which is yeah. written by Ed Wood. Ed Wood. Yeah, I knew Ed Wood in the old days. Uh, yeah. <laughs> did you Did you uh, work no. with Tippy Hedren or Eartha Kitt? Or? Uh, neither. I so, think I worked with Bud Billy Cort. Billy Zane, who's the Eartha Kitt white guy. I so guess. <laughs>
1: Uh it, it, look I've done so many things and a lot of them are of course on on the resume but uh, you know I I have a lot of them don't register and uh-huh. ahead, throw some How more about Elliot Gould on. Elliot Gould I worked with on the sh- in the shining right. and he was an extremely cool approachable guy and I I again played poker with him a couple of times
2: I have been lucky enough to to work with the uh, all these great uh, legends. You were in The Flamingo Kid with Richard Crenna and Hector Elizondo. All these guys. Anything uh, there? And Gary Marshall, of course. Gary Marshall. Well, I mean, uh, I had been a cabana boy, and I
1: think when I met Gary Marshall, that's what sort of got me the job. Uh, it was – you know, Marissa Tomei was in that movie. I think I was trying to I was trying to, to bang her, I think, and she gave me the brush okay. off. Ah. Yeah, terrible. Her her mistake, um, and uh, yeah, Richard krenna was in it, and all these great character guys. Richard Stahl was in it. A,
0: remember, remember Richard, Richard Stall? Yes. he yeah. used to pop up on the odd couple. the odd couple. Oh, of that's course, right. yeah. He was great.
1: Roger J. Doctor, he was the invariably. He was. Oh, the, he was hysterical. He married. He married uh, the uh, Billy uh, Billy. Uh, Billy uh, what was his name? His little character guy who was in McHale's Navy. Billy Hallop? not Billy Hallop. Oh my Hill. God, that's from the Dead End Kids. Oh, Billy Hallup. Uh, Billy, yeah, uh, oh, uh, but but he he they, One of my favorite, uh, um, uh, you know, uh, odd couple episodes is when Blanche is going to get remarried.
2: And they've got to stand up. What is that guy's name? He was uh, was the cab driver, and all in the family. Oh, he was. That's oh, my right. God, Billy... yes, yes. Oh, no. I, I think he... But that's not Billy Halle Halle died No, no, recently. not Billy yeah, That's right. Yeah. And, think uh, and Richard Stahl was the preacher who spoke oh, like Oh, God, so I, so I see Let's take so another clear. crack. So at he's the to... same guy on oh. the subway train in The Odd Couple that's selling the marked-up sandwiches when, that's they're, when they're trapped right. in well, the... Well,
1: that was his old <laughs> shtick, Rose. But he was part of this... <laughs> this he was hysterical. Uh, he was part of a comedy troupe in the 60s. He was you know, kind of hipped out... Pot laced comedy group Richard Stall, who always Funny played this kind
2: of dry, yeah, dry, very deadpan, very deadpan. Yeah, that's right. I Confused him with the guy that was married to Valerie Harper, Richard Shawl. Oh
0: yes, you remember him? Richard
2: Schall is yes. kind
1: of almost like a not a Dick Shawn, almost like a Kenneth Mars, a little type. bit, yeah, a little you know,
2: bit, yeah, yeah. What else do I have? Charles Durning. You were in the Kennedys uh, of Massachusetts. Charlie Durning, and you played a friend.
1: And and he became. I became friendly with this guy. And this was a guy who's literally an unsung hero in that he was at D Day. Yeah, he's uh,
0: you know a, a great uh, a, a genius. A great. I, I heard stories about him. Like in World War Two, yeah, uh, he would like be carrying like a body of his friend yeah. through gunfire. I mean, he was an amazing guy. And I heard, I hope this is true, they said one time the Nazis were lining up these American soldiers mm. and they were shooting them one by one, and Charles Durning just turned to the other soldier and said, let's get the fuck out of here. And he made a run for it. And that it was... other
1: soldier was William Hickey.
0: Yeah. But <laughs> I, I, I also circle. heard um, Charles Durning... Uh, Was in what among the troops that freed the camps? That's right.
1: That's right. I mean, this guy did tons of stuff. He was not only was he uh, among the troops that freed uh, people from the camps, but also he had been uh, injured. He was stabbed in the throat with a bayonet and went blind because it severed a nerve or something like that. Which I guess subsequently grew back. I don't know who the hell knows. Uh, But he was. He led an amazing life and was again a really accessible guy. He Was. Charming, He knew lots of filthy limericks. He taught me that. There once was a sailor named Bates who danced the fandango on skates. He fell on his cutlass, which rendered him nutless and practically useless on dates.
0: Which convulsed
2: (laughs) me. Beautiful. And then
0: he was, uh, I think, a dance instructor. That's right. He was a great dancer. That's right. And I, he was a, a prize fighter. He knew jujitsu, jitsu I guess. Yeah. It was, he was taught
1: judo, judo or jujitsu by David Niven, who was, oh in my the, God. who was in the OSS
0: or something like that.
2: I something, and and yeah, I yeah, heard
0: yeah. that when he was a price <laughs> fighter, yeah. at one of his opponents was Jack Wharton. Wow. Yeah. And Bill Hickey yeah. was in Jack <laughs> <laughs> Wharton's <laughs> corner. Was the ring, the ring, <laughs> he was the was a guy.
2: He was his cut man. Did you know Christopher <laughs> Lee was a Nazi hunter? He was? Yeah. We've, yes. This tall
0: Christopher Lee? Yep. Yes. Scary
1: yep. Nazi hunter. How about that? Christopher Lee, Nazi hunter would be a good movie. <laughs> <laughs> Indeed
0: That's
2: it would be. some tall guy. See,
0: these are people like I would have loved to have interviewed Charles Sturney. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah.
2: We he look at, great. we look, we go, I look at the Love Boat IMDb. Yeah. And I see hundreds and hundreds Everybody. of names and everybody's gone.
0: Everybody's gone. Right,
2: we've had a few on the show. We had Ken Berry. Ken on Berry? On the show, we had, had yes. Asner.
0: And yeah, Larry Asner, Storch. Know, Asner, yeah. Larry We Storch. had Larry Storch. You gotta go back and check these oh, out. In in fact, with with Christopher Lee, I remember hearing a recording on on the set of some movie where one of the actors uh, gets stabbed in a scene. And Christopher Lee goes no, that's not the sound someone makes when they're stabbed. <laughs> oh. And I went, whoa! <laughs> okay. <laughs> oh, man. But you realize all
1: these guys, you know, they lived through World War II. Yeah. And yeah, Christopher Lee was fucking probably around during the Blitz. I mean, who the fuck knows? I mean, they, they had lives beyond yeah. what we what we see on TV and movies. You know, they, they were three-dimensional. Some were I, four-dimensional. I watched the Vietnam War on TV. Yeah, that's <laughs> yeah. I know what it was like. Yeah. Well, I get yeah. a Vietnam War movie and I get flashbacks. <laughs> v- I have, uh, Vietnam War movie flashbacks.
2: Don't talk to me about it. You're a Marx Brothers fan.
1: A huge, more so quick. Song. Oh, yeah! And you
2: listen to the Steve Stoliar episode, mm, which yeah. we which we appreciate. Favorite Marx Brothers movie? I'd say Duck Soup. Yeah,
1: yeah
0: absolutely.
1: You know, I was talking about this today uh, that I was such a big fan, and I had all their memorabilia. Memorabilia. I mean, I had books, Harpo speaks, and I would. Yeah. Yeah. And I finally got the book called the Marx Brothers Scrapbook, which oh, was yeah. written by Richard J. Anabyle or or oh, yes. whatever. And I was I remember being thirteen, fourteen at the time, and opening it up and hearing. Or reading Groucho say the word cunt. You know,
2: <laughs> no, like, uh, talking what? about how he wanted to get Marilyn. Yes, that's yeah, right.
1: Right. You know, Chico was had uh, got the clap, and I my <laughs> fucking world was rocked, man. I couldn't believe it. And then again, I realized, okay, yeah, you know, the show business comedians, of course, you know, they were out
0: of their minds, horny, and gambling, and they were human beings. I, I, a friend of mine, uh, he introduced me to Maxine Marx. Yeah, I met
1: her. Daughter. I met her a long time ago too.
0: And he said after Maxine died, he was helping clear out the apartment and making sure everything got to her relatives mm. and everything. and he was clearing out a closet and he found William Hickey. Yeah, he found William <laughs> Hickey going, Hey, can you close the door? I'm trying to nap and he found two of Chico's pointed hats. No. And one of Harpo's wigs that he said he passed on to her kids. Mm. But he, like, obviously was seriously thinking of just pocketing this. It's like finding the sled from Citizen Kane. Yeah, that's right. That's
2: right. We said this off, Mike, but I was really heartened to to learn that your two sons... Uh, are into this stuff, yeah. and they're into black and white movies, Absolutely. and they listen to old radio mm-hmm. like Duffy's Tavern. Because the kids works. go crazy for Duffy's Tavern. <laughs>
1: but I got to tell you, that stuff worked then, and it still works. Yeah. There's no reason to try to reinvent it. You know, there's so much we can talk about. It, what's wrong, in my opinion, with with current with current popular media? You know, that it's corporate owned and all that stuff, and the 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 ideas try to make money as fast as you can, so they kind of obviate all the all the great detail and all the the tech that made all these things great. But uh, many times, because I, I, I listen to classic radio in the car in L.A., we're doing lots of driving, I have to fucking pull over and so my kids can finish, li- or, or we, we stay in the car after I park, so they can hear the end of Dragnet because it's compelling. That's it cool. works. That's Jack cool. Benny show works. You know, it, it absolutely works. And these old movies work. You're
2: raising your kids the right way. Well, you know, and, I, I'm also touching them incorrectly,
1: <laughs> but inappropriately, <laughs> but I figure it balances it out. Anything to plug, Steve? Anything Before to plug, we Steve? Go. Uh, I'm on this show called I Zombie, which is on the CW, where I play a douchebag. I'm on the show House of Lies, which is on Showtime, where mm-hmm. I play a douchebag, uh, and uh, I've been playing douchebags for for years. The now. Short,
2: the shorts that the uh, that you just made with uh, Tim. Where uh, oh, he, he kills well, you? That's right. It's funny. wonderful. They're funny. Yeah. So I want to recommend that. And I also the Daily wa- Show. The Daily Show. And I also want to recommend your tweets for uh, <laughs>
1: Well, I got to tell you, I haven't tweeted for three years. I'm off social media. You're off. I, huh? I, I
2: keep it, uh, it, it, it. It was bad for me. There were okay. some good. There were some good tweets. Had some fatty arthbuckles as a gynecologist. Was, was, oh, well, was, I I,
1: <laughs> I I I got a lot of good affirmation, and I like the 140 character uh, limit. Because it was, it's like a haiku. It was fun for me to write, and I met a lot of, I met a lot of cool people. Uh, but in the at the end of the day, it was not, uh, it was not a good for me. Not good for me because I was, I became addicted to it.
0: Oh yeah, you know,
1: it was really easy to just fire oh, off you, stuff, and then I became political, and that was a mistake. And then I began engaging with people. I mean, in like hecklers, engaging with hecklers, and I was out of my depth. I mean, you know, you can do that. I could not do it, and I, it was depressing. To, you uh, you can't get into trouble me. tweeting. You can't. No. Oh, oh right. no! Uh, no. Yeah. Not no. Me. That's right. No. <laughs> Luckily, no. Yeah. I've always played it safe. Uh, attaboy! <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Uh. <laughs> there's a oh. lot of
2: sadness behind that laugh <laughs> i didn't even get to ask you about Noam pitlick when you come gnome next time Pitlick, yeah Noam pitlick gnome pitlick directed- you know that
0: name Gil? oh yes yeah. sure
2: directed many an episode of wings
1: and was an actor himself was in the graduate he's in the fortune he's cookie. in the
2: fortune cookie
0: now was he in oh god i think he even pops up in the terrible uh, Night Gallery. Oh,
2: he might. Just Do you remember night, night Gallery? gallery? Yeah. Sure, yeah. I,
0: I think he's like... Some of those episodes I, are fucking great. Some hold I up. think Sorry. he's a mortician or something. <laughs> no I'm picturing him now. But lo- Night Gallery, more. I thought, I, I love Twilight Zone. I thought Night Gallery, when you watch them now, they're fucking awful. Well, because well, they were just dated. By yeah. D- yeah, yeah. It's the worst of 70s yeah, television. I, I like so. the pilot, the, the Roddy so. McDowell oh, yeah, thing. yeah, those with the, with were the, with good. With so, Ozzie grave.
2: Davis. And Ozzie Davis. And, and, yeah. uh, and Ozzie
0: uh, Davis. Uh, Spielberg directed the one with, um, with, Joan, with, Joan, with Joan, Joan Rivers. Joan Crawford. And Tom Lively. Yeah.
1: Right. Yeah, okay. Here, I don't know how much time we have. Here's a movie that I think that could use, could bear to be remade. Well, is X the Man with the X
2: oh, Ray Eyes? Oh yes! Malone. Oh yeah!
0: And Don Rickles. Don Rickles <laughs> <Yes>. is a man. <laughs> That's right. One. Plays
1: his manager. And and Dick Willie Weber.
2: Yeah. Dick Miller, who we just had on the Dick show. Dick
0: Miller, classic That was legend. a that
1: was a fun movie. It was good, man. Where he oh, he could see through the. Eventually, he went mad because he could see through the. See through time itself, or something. Where he and he ends up at a revival meeting when yep. Crystal Bernard is there yes. and Bill Hickey is there, and, and they rip his eyes out or yeah. eyes. That's w- how it ends. What
2: about the uh, the uh, the incredible two headed transplant a with, mi- with- Roseanne? Yes,
1: yeah.
0: <laughs> yeah,
2: sh- you don't miss it with trick. the animatronic Ray Milland head that just kind of. Uh, <laughs> yeah, uh, uh,
0: Ray uh, uh, thinking
2: I won an Oscar for
0: the lost. The lost yeah. <laughs> yeah, like what
2: what happened? But you know, guess what? You got to work. You yeah. got to eat.
1: That's that's the credo of the actor. Got to eat. Got to eat. Not everybody's in. The the upper 1%, you know, <clears throat> which is why we're all here now. Yeah. <laughs> well, Mr. Gottfried, should we let oh. this man get on with his life? I have so much to do. Oh, I have yeah. Many- <laughs> Many drinks to drink, and,
2: and you're the voice of the Green Goblin. I was. Oh yeah, the that, cancer over. With? Yeah, that's over. Oh, that was, was the voice fun. of the Green Goblin. That was. Fun. Right
1: now, I'm working on a pilot called Model Woman, which is uh, for ABC, which is uh, loosely based on the life of Eileen Ford. So it's me, Andy McDowell, who's oh, a, oh. freaking gorgeous, and a bunch of models, a bunch of effortlessly beautiful young people that we get to look at.
2: That's it. So and we never like talked that. about your mom being a Copa. My mom was a Copa girl Copa and a girl. nightclub singer. Jules Podell. Jules Podell. Well, but I,
1: I sort of put that into that movie Clubland. Yeah. But I don't want to talk about me anymore. Let's just go <laughs> off and...
2: I wish Clubland was available. It's on VHS. Uh, it's, but it's, not uh, on, it's not available. Not That's DVD. how successful it was. <laughs> not a terrible movie by any means. Oh, movie. Alan Alda was nominated. That's right. He's very good in it. I'm trying to get him here. He doesn't uh, he's he's focused on science. Well, these I guess days. so.
1: You know, and also guess what? It's people are getting on. You know, people are it's hard to it's hard to travel, I think. Well, actually, I think they live out on the on the island, he and his wife. In the summers, I think they go out to the Yeah, Hamptons they got a place here too. They got a place here.
0: And as far as people getting on, this is a weird thing and that's that these, well, first of all, some people are frozen in time because mm-hmm. the last time you saw them, they were like That's right. 20. That's right. That's so right. they're frozen. And then you stop and you go – you'll hear someone's like in their 80s and you go, oh, how could they be – and then you go, oh, wait a second. When That's I was right. a kid, yeah. I was watching that. Movie. William yeah. Shatner, 85 this week. Uh, how about that? But he's – He's sharp. making more
1: money than he ever yeah, did. I sharp. But, you know, but I have to say uh, that, that it was really funny. Um, it was, when I grew up, there were still more than remnants. There were still whole bits of uh, of uh, the culture that our parents grew up with. I mean, every, not a week went by when we didn't hear or see Bob Hope, Jack Benny, Milton here's Burl. Sinatra, Milton Berle. They were always doing specials, always this right, and that. You know, right. Bing Crosby, for Christ's right. sake you know and and so the same things that our grandparents were listening to at the turn of the century when they were still around I knew who Rudy Valley was and I was around when he died I went out to LA and Rudy Valley had just died and so but but the weird thing is that that our, our kids nowadays know nothing of that culture which kind of stopped it hit what, a wall and that was it What
0: I find really weird is growing up listening to the radio and they'd have the top 5 hits mm-hmm. and it would be the Rolling Stones and Frank Sinatra. Yeah, that's right. Bob Dylan and uh-huh. Bing Crosby. It yeah. was like this yeah. weird mix.
2: Yeah, Sammy Davis doing the Candy Man. Oh yeah, right. Yes. Mixed so in with along like, with the Who with Badfinger. A, yeah. yeah, Badfinger. Yeah, that's yeah. good. We had Mark Hudson in that chair last Mark week from the Hudson, Hudson Brothers. Yeah, I
1: remember the Hudson Brothers. Yeah, the Hudson Brothers.
2: Yeah.
0: So I guess I feel I- honored. <laughs> yeah, I guess well, thanks, Steve. You were Thank a perfect you. guest. Thanks. Okay, once again, I'm Gilbert Godfrey. This is Gilbert Gottfried's amazing colossal podcast with my co-host Frank Santo Padre. We once again recorded at Nutmeg Post with our engineer Frank Verderosa and our. Guest this week is my old co-star. <laughs> <laughs> may the boon <burn> of happiness
1: <laughs> 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 may mm. <Rhythm> diseased camel <laughs> <laughs> defecate in your on your keppy. <laughs> Stephen Weber.
0: Great to be here. Thank Thank you, you, Stephen. Thank you, guys.